Welcome to Zion Baptist Church's relevant message. This message is dealing with Jesus is the answer. The answer for anything you have in your life. Please listen and ask God to come into your life and answer your question. Easter Sunday has come and gone. And you, we celebrated 10 commitments to Christ. And I believe someone else has told me that there was another church they had six. They said they celebrated on Easter Sunday commitments to Christ. And, and, you, and then you can just imagine probably other churches will celebrate new commitments in Christ. And when people give their lives to Christ and they change their lives, oftentimes we stop. I've given my life to Christ. I've changed. Uh, uh, so what now? And then we forget how much power Jesus has. We forget how he had the power to change us, to redeem us through his death and resurrection, that we become stagnant in our daily lives. We start having problems and issues in our lives, and we forget the one that can deliver us out of these problems and these issues. We start having issues in our marriage. We forget that Jesus can deliver us out of our marriage. We have problems in our households. We forget that Jesus is, is the answer in our households. We have problems at schools. We forget that Jesus is the answer in school. We, we remember that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, but we forget that it was his power that was involved in that as well. And so I'm, I'm going here to remind us once again that Jesus is the answer. Tell three people, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. All right, tell some, amen. Amen, amen. Some of y'all stopped on the second one. Tell, tell somebody else, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Oftentimes we forget that Jesus is the answer. I, I, I'm, I'm having problems in my life. I'm having problems in my life. I'm having problems in my life. But yet Jesus is the and so we forget that healing is right there, that healing is within our reach. Healing is right there. And healing, I'm not necessarily talking about sickness, that I'm sick in my bed, but some of us are sick in our minds. Some of us are sick in our hearts. Some of us are having such sickness that uh, I'm not as pretty as everybody else because I'm not skinny to fit into this dress. I'm not as good as someone else because I don't have any diamonds in my ears or diamonds on my wrist or diamonds on my finger. But yet, uh, I'm not cool enough because I can't rap like 50 Cent or I can't, I can't dance like J-Lo, you know. But yet, we get concerned with what the world's view of beauty, of what success is, of what handsome and what pretty is. We forget that Jesus is the answer. If you can you can turn to Jeremiah, 8th chapter, 22nd verse. This is going to be a, a focal text. Then we're also going to look at Mark, 5th chapter as well. But in Jeremiah, we have God speaking. And, and, and Jeremiah is t having a conversation with God because he's concerned about uh, the people. And, and the people are not listening to God, they're not giving in to God, and, 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 they're, and they're in deep despair. And Jeremiah is trying to understand, like, my, my heart is, is troubled, Father, because of what is going on. And so listen to this. Y'all with me, Jeremiah 8, chapter? 22nd verse. It says this. God is speaking back to Jeremiah and saying, Is there no balm in Gilead? 
Is there no physician there? I'm reading from New International Version. Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Let me read this again. Jeremiah 8, chapter 22nd verse says, There is there no balm in Gilead. Now balm is like a healing lotion, a solvent that they could use to take care of them and heal them. So and and Gilead, it was prevalent there. It's like going down to say, uh, you know, Georgia, you don't, you're not going to find a peach. You know, you know, you know, coming in Illinois, you won't find any corn. You know, you're going to find corn in Illinois. So he's basically asked a rhetorical question and said, is there no balm in Gilead? Like, is there no corn in Illinois? Yes, there's corn in Illinois. There's a plenty of corn in Illinois. And, and, and so he's telling him this. And he said, then, is there no phys- physician there? And, and that's like the same thing. You go to the hospital, you say, is there no doctors here? You, know, uh, you go to the hospital, you expect to see a whole lot of doctors there. And so God is letting him know that it's all there. Then he says this. Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? The first thing to look at is this, that why am I in the situation that I am in? If there's healing available, if there's power available, why am I powerless? Is it because I think I can do it myself? Is it because I've seen some other body do, somebody else do it this way so I can't do it this way too? Is it because my brother, my sister, my husband, my wife, whoever it is that has influence in your life told you a better way of doing it and you said I will try their way than not my way? And, and you've seen here now in Jeremiah these people, God is, is pleading to them saying, look, come to me. And look, look at verse, eight, uh, uh, verse 6 in, in chapter 8, it says this. It says this, that G, uh, I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. No one, what's that word there? Repents of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Oftentimes we are, we are aimlessly powerless because we think we're without sin. We think we're living perfectly. We think we're doing right. We say, I gave my life to Christ. I'm, I'm living the right life, but yeah, I'm not changing my life. And I'm still sick because I haven't fully given myself to Jesus. Look again at verse 12. It says here, in verse 12, it says, Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. What's happening? We get so consumed, we forget we're in trouble. We get so consumed, we forget what, what really hurts, what really pierces our hearts. You know how we can listen to people curse out now and it doesn't even bother us anymore. How, or how we can just watch pornography and pornography doesn't disgust us anymore. It gives us pleasure. It gives us pleasure. And, and how we can go out and get drunk anymore and don't care about a hangover. Because why? We just giving in and say, I'm not ashamed of my bad behavior. But yet we come Sunday morning and worship the Lord. Oh, I've given my life to Christ. I've, I know I have a place in heaven, but throughout the week, I'm going to fornicate. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to smoke, smoke the ganja, the, the weed, pass, pass, puff, pass, pass, give. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be involved in all these other situations. But yet, when I come back to church, I'm going to like act like everything's all right. But yet, that's why we're such in a situation. That's why our community is in such a situation that the church has become stagnant, that we forget that there's power in Jesus. 
He said, is there no balm in Gilead? The answer, yes, there's balm in Gilead. Yes, healing is possible. Yes, physicians are there. But yet the people, oftentimes that's me if it's not true, is me that I just refuse to fully go to God. Lord, I, I know what your word says, but yet my eyes telling me something different. I, I know what the Spirit is telling me, but my body is telling me something different. And, and, and the body feels good. So guess what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to feel good. But yet when I trust God, I realize that, Lord, I, I, I should fully give in to you. So we, what we're going to do with, with that text in mind, if you can go to Luke, I'm sorry, Mark 5th chapter. And this is where we're going to drive this home. Uh, some of you may be familiar with the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And she had an issue of blood for over 12 years. For 12 years, people were talking about her. For 12 years, people were saying how you just going to be struck this way. For 12 years, she had people pushing her down, but yet she knew there was healing somewhere. She knew that there was power somewhere. She knew that someone could change her life. I want us to understand that we should be the same way, that we can see the world is falling apart, but yet Jesus is the answer. You, you, you want peace in your life, and you're going to the psychiatrist, but you haven't turned to Jesus. You want peace in your marriage, and you're going to Dr. Phil, but you haven't turned to Jesus. You want healing in your body, and you're going to the oncologist, you're going to them, you're going to that, but you never talk to God, say, Lord, can you heal me? You're saying, we have so much power and, and, and faith in men, but we forget about God. So let's see what this woman did. Mark 5th chapter, verse 25. As I turn back to it, I got excited. Now, Jesus is on his way to go heal somebody else. But that did not stop her. A large, uh, look, starting at verse 24. So Jesus went with him. So that's, that's him going with the person who healed this, young man, this man's daughter. And a, and a large crowd, crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for how long? She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she what? When she heard about who? What, she, she heard about who? She heard about who? Tell somebody, Jesus is the answer. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his. Because she thought, if I just touch his, I will be. Tell somebody, Jesus is the answer. And uh, what's the next word there? Straight away. It didn't say a week later. Did it say, um, take two of these, call me in the morning? Did, did, did it say that um, we're going to schedule your appointment next week for an x-ray? It says here in mine, in NIV, it says immediately, but in I believe King James, it says straight away, her bleeding increased. And it bled all over the floor. No, no, what was the word of God say? It said it stopped. Tell somebody, Jesus is the answer. And she felt in her body and she was free from her suffering. First of all, you got to know your suffering. 
We're living in a sensitive world, a world that is trying to bring us down and beat us down and, and, and destroy our lives. And, and people will come against you. Twelve, she had this issue for 12 years, and, and she went to every doctor, spent every penny she had. But did she give up? Satan wants you to give up. Your friends are trying to make you give up. Why are you going to the church? And, and catch this. When people see you going to church and your life has not changed, do they think Jesus can change their lives? No. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to forget the power of the blood. We celebrate Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Jesus rose again. Ah, yeah, early in the morning. Yeah. But we go out the, or go out the rest of the week like he's dead. Like there's no power. I'm still living in sin. I know he rose again, but yeah, I can't give up drinking. I can't give up fornicating. I can't give up doing drugs. I, I, I don't trust the doctor's going to heal my body. Jesus is risen and again, yeah, but yet he can't fix my body. What? Jesus went to a dead man's tomb who was dead for over three days. There was more than him and it was done. They just said, let's stick a fork in him. He's done, Jesus. Jesus says, wait a minute. I came here for this. And he wept. Because he says, man, but now Jesus cried. He knew he was about to bring Lazarus back, but he still cried because he cares that much. That people doubted the power that he had. But yet instead, Jesus didn't chastise. He said, hey, Lazarus, come on out. What? You see, Jesus has the power to change your life. Just believe in him. But yet, but yet we're walking around like this. I know I can call on Jesus, but I ain't going to call on him right now. Girl, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stressed out. I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind, boy. If he come by again, I'll tell you what. Or you call your boy, hey, let's round up and go kill that dude, man. For real, man. He disrespected me again. I ain't never going to have that again. But yet if I call on Jesus, he will give me the right counsel. He will give me the right answer. He will give me the right direction to go. I, I, I wanted to go that way, but Jesus said, not, not forget about them. Just follow me. This woman had people telling her that she's not going to be healed. The doctor says, look, there's nothing we can do. You spent all your money. You're broke. What else are you going to do? But if I can just touch the hem of his garment. You see... The power is in Jesus. It's not in the doctor. It's not in the bank account. It's not to your left. It's not to your right. But it's in Jesus. Tell somebody, Jesus is the answer. So see, see, God is calling us to just come to me. But yet, but yet, but yet, we want to come to other people. Joshua in 22nd chapter, verse 5, says this, that, but take diligent heed to the due and the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Joshua said this, and, and, and Jesus emphasized the same situation about serving God. But yet, catch this. First and foremost, you need to cleave to God's word. You see, we, we, we can't cleave to anybody else. Because they have nothing to give us. There's no power in their word. Jesus told Lazarus, get up and walk to a dead man 
he became alive. I want you to understand that, that, that sin is death, and, and sin just wants to bring death into your lives. How? He wants to kill your children. How he wants to kill them? Not necessarily just, just mortality dead, but he's trying to kill them to you, that you will no longer love them as your child. That you will no longer treat them as a child, so, will, so you will just abuse them. You'll talk back. You're stupid and dumb just like your no-good daddy. You know, you hear that to these kids, and, 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 and they feel this. Or, or not even that, maybe, maybe to your friends. Your friends will say, you're no good, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're an idiot. They say all these negative words, and I say, you're smart. You're intelligent. I want to be like you. You're a good guy. I'm glad you get on the honor roll. But instead, we have kids that are ashamed of their, of their good grades. They don't want anybody to know that they made the honor roll. They don't want their friends to know that they go home and study, so they leave their books at home. So that they don't see them carrying them back and forth. They don't take their books to class, but yet they will sneak in and try to sneak them in the bags and go home so they can study so they can still be cool. I, I was in that mentality. I didn't think it was cool to be smart. I thought, I thought it was cool to talk about the smart kids. You know, he's all, you got to do all that homework. Ha ha. You know, and then I, I'm struggling, taking exams because they got exempt because they had a B or higher. Who, who's the fool now? They out of school early. I got to go. It was, it was daily like that in my household because my brothers and my sister be at home and say, I say I'm going back to school. <laughs> I got to go do my, do my midterms. They got exempt because they had A's and B's. Not Sam. I, got, I would get A's and B's at the end of the school term because that's when I crunched down. I said, I ain't going to flunk. <laughs> that's when I came in. But yet I would waste my time. Wasting my time, knowing that the potential and the power is already there, but yet I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life. See, Jesus realizes that he made us for a great purpose. He tells us that he is the vine, we are the branch. Hey, just stick with me and you'll produce fruit in your life. But yet, instead of sticking to him, we want to stick to lies. Doctor tells you you're not going to be better. You say, well, only got two days to live then. doctor told my father he had cancer. We like, and we came together and prayed. Ain't no doctor going to tell me I'm going to lose my dad. And we just, uh, uh, Jonathan had a sign that said everything's going to be all right because we knew that God was in control. Not this doctor. Not this cancer. You see, when I knew, I knew where the power lied. It didn't lie in the oncology. It didn't lie in this. It lied in the power of God. God surrounds us with wisdom and insight that we will know how to properly take care of ourselves. But yet we got to be mindful that it's not about him. I mean, it's not about us, but it's all about him. We can't give credit to this doctor. Oh, I'm glad this doctor. Now, God steps in. Deacon Prowse was praying about asthma. I, I have asthma to the 10th degree. But yet I've been praying to God to, to, to help remove this asthma from me because back, back in the day, during this time frame, my where would I be? I'd be in the hospital. Whenever the season changed, Sam was in the hospital. Season changed, Sam had an asthma attack, he has pneumonia, he's in the hospital. It was, it was like clockwork. It was just so bad, that's what happened. I went to get allergy shots every week. I, and and, and they, 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 they made up laws because of me because I had bad reactions. They made just people stay longer because I had a bad reaction. My asthma was horrible. But now I don't have to use an inhaler every day. 
but now I don't, I don't have to take a treatment in the morning and at night before I go to bed. Because why? God has healed me. It's not because I grew out of it. You know, people say, oh, you grow out of it. You get, nope, nope. God delivered me from this. You know, it, it wasn't because I grew out of it. It wasn't because the doctors caught it in time. It was just if I could touch the hem of his garment. I know what power lies, and the power lies in Jesus. God is ready to bless you. But are you ready for the blessing? And I'm saying this because I'm saying this. I want you to cast this, that being ready doesn't mean I'm ready, I'm ready. Being ready means you're trusting him to give you that blessing. This woman was dealing with 12 years of suffering, of suffering. We all want success, but we don't want to suffer to get it. This woman was going through some rough and hard times, but yet through it all, she knew that if I can touch Jesus. She said when she heard Jesus was in her town, she said, I'm going to the man I know that can heal me. I want you to understand that there's some people that's in your life that need to hear about Jesus. And, and you need to let them know who Jesus is. And, and when they see Jesus moving in your life, they say, I need, to, I need to touch the hem of this garment. I want you to understand, if you want to live in a better community, then you need to live better yourself. If you're not fully believing in the power of Jesus Christ, then you're not influencing anybody's life. And, and nobody's believing what you say or what you do. But yet when Jesus is evident in your life, they will follow you and say, take me to that Jesus. You read it in the account of Acts that when Jesus was standing up, they came up to them and said, what must we do to be saved? We want to follow that same person because lives were being changed by the way they were living their lives after Christ. And the, the apostles realized that it wasn't because of us. We're standing for Jesus. And we stand for Jesus, guess what? We'll die for Jesus. But we just want Jesus to stand up for us and we won't die for him. We want Jesus to heal us, but we'll give somebody else the credit. We want Jesus to take us out of debt, but we'll give our money to somebody else. Jesus is the... Answer, turn to him. Turn to him. So can Jesus heal your life? Can Jesus change your life? Can Jesus change your household? Can Jesus change your marriage? Can Jesus change your children? Can Jesus change this community of Peoria? Can Jesus change Zion Baptist Church? Can Jesus, say your name, can Jesus change Samuel Durham? Can, can he change? Yes, he can. But are you going to touch? Because I'm going to close with this. Where was Jesus? He was on his way to heal a little girl. But yet this lady says, I will draw nigh to him. And he will draw nigh to me. Jesus is not hiding. He's not ducking. He's available for you to touch, grab, and hold. So if you're looking for an answer in your life, look no further than Jesus. Press through the crowd as that woman. And, and, and I, I could see her because they were looking around. They didn't know who to tell. I could, I could see her probably crawling, trying to come through. You got to humble yourself when you come to Jesus. I, I'm not all proud and big, but no, Lord, if I can just come on through. 
you know, to, to get down and get dirty and say, Lord, I, I realize that I, I, I thought I was somebody, but in front of you, I'm nobody. And I want you to heal me. You ain't got to touch me, but if I can touch you. Just go out and reach and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to answer these questions in my life. And you'll see your life change. You'll see power come into your life because the power does not come from man, but it comes from God. And that's the power that we need. That's the answer that he can give us. So is there, a, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no phys- physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? I want you to understand this, that Jesus is the answer. And if you just touch the hem of his garment, immediately you can be healed. Immediately Jesus will start moving in your life. Start moving in your life. And help you to live that life you know you want to live. He's made you for a great purpose. So be like that woman of issue and blood. Come near him and cleave onto him. Cleave onto his garment. Cleave onto his word. Cleave onto that relationship with him. And he will answer your call. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Right now, Jesus, I realize I've messed up in my life. And you are the answer to my life. I invite you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose again for my sins. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If that's you that prayer, that prayer, please contact us via email or you can give us a phone call, 309-676-4828, or contact us online. You can see our email address on there, www.zionbcpeoria.com. Jesus loves you and so do we, and we look forward from hearing from you. May the Lord Jesus continue to bless you.